1MDB has sparked embezzlement and money laundering investigations across One of the biggest corruption scandals the world has ever seen. What may be the biggest financial scam in the history. Number of corrupt 1MDB officials treated this public trust as a personal bank account. Follow us as we bring you into the courtroom where the biggest financial scandal in Malaysian history is being heard. By the Malaysian Insight, this is the Najib Razak 1MDB trial, and I'm Patrick Teo. Amhari Effendi Nazaruddin had spent the last two days on the witness stand. Today was his third day, and the lawyers don't look like they're done with him just yet. He told the court yesterday that he and the late Azlin Alias had just played along with Joe Lowe and Najib's orders. They feared for their family's safety and their own. But today, Amhari clarified that he did not mean physical harm, but rather harm to his livelihood. The witness has been telling us about Joe Lowe, who is now on the run and wanted in several countries. Amhari said he knew the man well, having worked with him for many years. And if there was one thing that stood out about Joe, he said, it's that he would do whatever it takes to get what he wants. And he always got what he wanted. Amhari began his testimony today by sharing how in 2012 he had opened a BSI bank account in Singapore under Joe's instructions, which he believed bore Najib's stamp of approval. That's why he didn't get the central bank's approval first to open the accounts. The BSI account was opened in Amhari's name. There were also some company names registered under it. Among them was a company called Aerosphere Syndrome Burhad. Aerosphere was a shell company, and Amhari was the sole shareholder. Najib's lawyer, Shafi Abdullah, asked why the amount of layering, multiple overseas bank accounts, shell companies, didn't raise alarm bells for Amhari. The witness said he had wondered, but more than that, he trusted the late Azlin Alias, who was his boss, as well as Joe, who told them that he had everything under control. Plus, being in the civil service, he had to abide by the bureaucracy, he said. It wasn't as if he could just bring his concerns straight to the Prime Minister. Everything had to go through Aslin, who was his direct superior. At this point, the lawyer said he would try not to talk about Aslin anymore, unless it was necessary, because a dead man cannot defend himself in court, the lawyer added. Yesterday, Amhari told us that there was 800,000 US dollars in the BSI bank account, but Aslin had advised him not to touch that money. In 2016, Amhari went to China. He had been given instructions to open a bank account there and move the money from BSI into the China account. Joe had said the overseas accounts were to stand by for political funding. However, strict banking regulations caused the endeavor to fail in China. So Amhari went to Bangkok instead and opened an account with Thailand's Kasikorn Bank. But until today, he has no idea what happened to the 800,000 US dollars. Amhari was arrested by the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Commission in 2018. The MACC kept him for questioning for seven days before he was released on bail. 
Since his arrest, Amhari has had to meet with the MACC every month to renew his bail. He also had a travel ban imposed on him, which was temporarily lifted in September 2018, but it was put in place again in January this year. He said he had appealed to be released from the ban because he was trying to find work and no one would hire someone with a travel ban. He also wanted to visit family overseas. Amhari is still unemployed today. He told the court that in 2010, Joe Lowe gave him a personal loan of 200,000 US dollars as a bridge to sell one piece of real estate and buy another. He had tried to get a loan from Bank Nagara Malaysia, but he wasn't eligible for that amount, so Joe volunteered to lend him the funds. The money came from a company called Alson Chan's Holdings, which Amhari later found out was being investigated by the U.S. authorities. But at the time, he didn't know, he said. There was no loan agreement drawn up, and Joe told him to take his time to return the money. If you remember, Amhari studied in Warwick University in the UK on a Bank Nagara scholarship. And when he came back to Malaysia, he worked at the Central Bank before being seconded to the Economic Planning Unit. From there, Najib hired him as a special aide. After the 2013 general election, Amhari asked Najib to transfer him to Khasana Nasional Burhad, which is Malaysia's sovereign wealth fund. He wanted to grow his corporate experience and earn a better salary. He said he had to remind Najib about this request several times over the next three years before finally getting the green light in 2016. Shafi asked if he knew about Jolo's dealings with Iskanda Malaysia, a mega development project in the southern state of Johor, which is driven by Hassana. He also asked about the businessman's run-in with Taip Mahmud, the former chief minister of Sarawak. Amhari said he had no idea. I'm not as efficient as people think I am, the witness had remarked to the lawyer earlier. Najib was late coming back to court after lunch break, the second time he'd been tardy today. The first time was after a coffee break in the morning. Judge Colin Sakara told Shafi to remind his client to be present and punctual. When Najib finally returned, Shafi resumed his cross-examination of Amhari, circling back to what the witness said earlier this week about Joe being a master manipulator. Jolo always got what he wanted, Amhari said. If he couldn't get it one way, he would try another way. But whether he did it ethically or not, the witness couldn't say. Amhari said most times Joe's actions had a veneer of legitimacy because he always had sufficient proof or paperwork to back them up. He was smart and influential, very close to Najib, and had connections in high places, the witness said. Shafi remarked he could sell ice to an Eskimo. Amhari agreed. It was only after the news report came out that Amhari realized what Joe had done. When it came to Najib, however, Amhari only had good things to say. 
The former PM was a gentleman, the witness said. He was smart, charismatic, and Amhari had only ever seen him lose his temper once. He listened to his officers and was a good strategist. And even when he could take advantage of his position in power, he didn't, Amhari added. And with that, Shafi requested to continue his cross-examination next week. The judge allowed it, and proceedings will resume on Tuesday, September 10th. This podcast was brought to you by the Malaysian Insight. The team behind the Najib Razak 1MDB podcast are Revati Subramaniam, Yappik Kwan, Yvonne Lim and Ravin Palanisami. Timothy Acharyam and Beat Hong provided additional reporting. This is Patrick Teo.